Welcome to another episode of Bergen Stage's Radio Theater. Tonight, we escape to the dark labyrinth of a giant department store in the dead of night and to a fantastic world of night dwellers as John Collier imagines it in his eerie story, Evening Primrose. Sadie? Ah! Sadie, what's the matter? It's me. Oh, Sam, you nearly scared me to death. What do you mean coming in so quiet? I, I, I didn't mean to scare you. I thought, I thought you'd be asleep. I didn't want to wake you. Oh, Sam, I'm glad you're home. Hey, hey, what's the matter? Oh, it's terrible. You got to do something, Sam. What's terrible? It's this. Just look at this. What's terrible about that? Looks like an ordinary pad of paper to me. That's it. That's just what I thought. But it's got writing in it. It's awful. Now, wait a minute. Maybe you better tell me what this is all about. Well, today, I went shopping down at Macy's department store. Yeah? And I needed some paper. So I picked this up. It was on top of the pile. And bought it and brought it home. But tonight, when I opened it... I found it's got writing in it. Well, that's not so terrible. Just take it back tomorrow. Make them give you a new one. Oh, no, you don't understand. It's what's written in it that makes it so terrible. What do you mean, what's written in it? Here, you gotta read it. Oh, Sadie. No, no, right now, read it. Look, Sadie, I'm tired. I've been bowling all evening. Please, Sam, please, just read it. Uh, all right, but for, for Pete's sake, October 13th, today I made my de decision. I decided to say goodbye to the world and get out, leave, break away, and I have done it. This is a lot of... Go on! Read it! Uh... And now I am free. Really free. Really free. Yes, I am free. Yes, I'm free at last. The world is an intolerable place for a poet. I was broke. Starving. At my wit's end. Then I had a brilliant idea. I would escape to a place where I had no need to earn a living. Where I could write to my heart's content in peace and security. Where is this place? Right under your nose. So close you'd never think of it. I am now living in Macy's department store. I have everything within an arm's reach that anyone would ever need or desire. And it's all free. Absolutely free. I arrived this afternoon. I had spent three days looking all over the department stores in town. I decided on Macy's because it's completeness of the food department. Therefore, this afternoon, I entered the store and went immediately to the fourth floor, to the rug department. I hid myself in this dusty, out-of-the-way corner behind a pile of carpets. Once I'm settled, I'll furnish it with some of the best modern pieces from the furniture department. It's small, but I'll be cozy enough and safe. After the store closed, I made my first venture out. 
I tiptoed as far as the stationery counter and got this paper, the writer's primary need. Now, after making my initial entry, I'll go out and get food, wine, the pillows from my bed, and perhaps a fancy dressing gown. This is perfect. I'll be able to write here. Dawn, October 14th. I'm almost too unnerved to write this. The whole thing is unbelievable. After the store was dark and completely quiet, I crept out towards the food department. One's footsteps echoed hollowly in an empty department store at night. I found myself gliding along the floor on tiptoe, moving as silently as possible, but the sounds of footsteps persisted. Suddenly I realized they weren't my own. The night watchman. I was in the Salon Modern. Quickly I seized a mink coat from a hanger, draped it about my shoulders, and stood stock still. I could have reached out and touched him, but he passed without so much as a glance. I started to smile, but the smile froze on my lips. There was someone else here. I was looking straight into a pair of eyes. Large, flat, luminous, inhuman eyes, peering at me from among the Mrs. Tailored suits a dozen feet away. They belonged to a creature dressed as a man, but he was as pale as a creature found under a stone. His hands, hanging motionlessly, at his side, looked more like fins on a fish than human hands. Then he spoke. Not bad for a beginner. I'm sorry? I didn't know anybody else uh, lived here. Oh, yes. We live here. It's delightful. We? Yes. All of us. Don't you see? Look around you. I looked around. I saw nothing. I looked again. I saw an old man clambering out from behind the clock. There were three elderly ingenues, incredibly emaciated, pale as lace, almost transparent, simpering before the perfume counter. A chitsy lady swam out from behind the curtains and drapes. They came swarming thick around me, pale, thin, wispy, moving silently, fluttering like a gauze in the wind, whispering. How raw he looks. Who is he? As coarse as the sun. What is he doing here? A detective. Send for the dark men. Yes, send for the dark men. The, the dark, dark men. men. They were pressing around me, clawing, holding me, their pale faces contorted with venomous, inhuman hatred. I was paralyzed. All I could do is repeat over and over again. I'm not a detective. I'm not a detective. I'm not. Burglar, then. A burglar. Tie him up. Hold him. Carry him to the place. Send for the dark man. Stop. Let him speak. I, I, I'm not a detective or a burglar. I, I'm a poet. Then what are you doing here? I, I renounced the world. I came here to live, where I could be alone, away from the world. Why, then he's come here to us. He's just like us. He's come over to us, a poet. He must meet Mrs. Vanderpant. Yes, Mrs. Vanderpant. She's coming now. I followed their eyes to the balcony. There, coming down the wall like an ancient spider, clambered an old lady, 
wrinkled and cracked and emaciated. She must have been at least 80, a shadowy matriarch and things beside me bowed and scraped as she reached the floor and floated towards us. What's going on here? Where is that stupid girl? What's keeping her? Oh, uh, Mrs. Vanderpan. Well, what is it? Who's this, Mr. Roscoe? Mrs. Vanderpant, uh, may I present Mr... Snell. Mr. Snell. Mr. Charles Snell. Yes, yes, of course, Mr. Snell. He is a poet, and he's come here to live. Oh, he has, has he? That's what he says, and I believe him. Well... He avoided the night watchman quite neatly, for a beginner. Thank you. Hmm, very well. We shall see. A poet should find inspiration here. Mr. Snell, Mrs. Vanderpant is our grand old lady. Oh? I am quite the oldest inhabitant here, Mr. Snell. Three mergers and a complete rebuilding, but they did get rid of me. Oh, really? Hmm. Where is Ella? Where is my broth? He's bringing it to Mrs. Vanderband. Terrible little creature. She is our foundling, Mr. Snell. She's not quite our sort. Is that so? I have been here, Mr. Snell, ever since the terrible times of the 80s. I was a young girl then. A beauty, they say. And poor Pap lost his money. Macy's meant a lot to a young girl in those days. So when I wasn't able to have a charge account, I came here for good. That's better than a charge account. I was quite alarmed when others began to come after the crash of 1907. But it was the dear judge. Yes. Colonel. How do you do? Yes. Mrs. Bilby. How do you do? Mrs. Bilby. Mrs. Bilby writes plays. Oh. And comes from an old Philadelphia family. Oh, you will find us quite nice here, Mr. Snell. I'm sure I will. And of course, all our dear young people came in 1929. Their poor paps jumped from skyscrapers. They couldn't bear to be without charge accounts either. Do you mean all these people live here? Oh, and many more. You shall meet them all later. Oh, here comes that girl with my broth. Come, come, you stupid thing. Mrs. Vanderpant is waiting. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. I'm coming as fast as I can. Here. Now be careful. Don't spill it. Oh, but she's so young. Well, of course, she is a little younger than most of us. And she's different. She's beautiful. Mr. Snell, Ella is Miss Vanderpant's maid. That's right, old man. She's really not our sort at all. You shouldn't say such things. She can hear you. Oh, that doesn't matter. You'll understand these things better after you've been here for a little while. But it seems to me that you would... Mr. Snell, we have certain rules here. They are necessary for our survival. I'm sure you won't find it hard to observe them. 
Well, yes, I appreciate it. I should advise that you try. If you do not, that would be most unfortunate, Mr. Snell. Most unfortunate for you. October 15th. You can imagine my feelings last night. My first thought was to escape as quickly as possible. In fact, I planned to wait till morning. When the store opened, then quit my hiding place, mingle with the crowds, and leave Macy's forever. But just before dawn, Mr. Roscoe brought me a cup of coffee, which must have been drugged, for I fell asleep. And when I awoke, I found I slept all day. The night was closing and over in the store once more. Later, I spent my second night here. I saw Ella again. <sighs> Ella, the pearl of this remote, fantastic cave. She's not like the others. A trifle pale, but otherwise normal, and human, and beautiful. A child perhaps of 18, she's the only thing that makes this nightmare bearable. October 20th. Escape seems almost impossible. There's a very effective burglar alarm system and the doors are all carefully guarded. But that's nothing compared to the Darkmen. Who are the Darkmen? I don't know, but they threaten any transgressor with these Darkmen. I shall try to discover who they are. At least, I'm sure I'm watched. Though they've begun, trust me now. Speaking to the Night Watchman would be suicide. Even if he believed my fantastic story or didn't shoot me as a burglar. I'm convinced that neither Ello nor I could get out of here alive. She and the Night Watchmen are the only real people here. How the others hate the Night Watchmen. Odious, vulgar creature. He reeks of the coarse sun. Oh, come now, Mrs. Bilby. He's a personably young man. He's very young for a Night Watchman. Mr. Snow, sometimes I wonder about your taste. You mustn't stay so much to yourself, Mr. Snell. You must become better acquainted with our ways. Yes, old man, you must come to the play tonight. We're going to be entertained with one of Mrs. Billby's tragic comedies, Love in Shadowland. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. I'm sure I will. It's really a festive occasion, you know. Wanamakers is coming over, you know. Wanamakers? Yes, the entire colony over at Wanamaker's is coming here in Moss to intend the play. You mean there are other people living in other stores? Oh dear, yes. Didn't you know? Of course the best people live at Macy's and Wanamaker's. Oh, come now, Mrs. Bilby. There are some very nice people over at Alton's. I beg your pardon, Mrs. Bilby. Oh, hello, Ella. Good evening, Mr. Snell. Mrs. Bilby? Well, what is it? Please, ma'am, I'd so love to see your play tonight. May I have your permission? Certainly not. You know better than that, you stupid creature. You know where you belong. In the basement with the garbage cans. Mrs. Bilby, couldn't you? No, hush, Mr. Snell. Uh, you're becoming entirely too forward as of late. I'd advise you watch your step. Remember. The Dark Men. Oh, no, please, Mr. Roscoe, I'll be good, I promise. I will. No, please don't send for the Dark Men. I'm sorry, Mrs. Bilby, excuse me. Ella, come back. Mr. Snell, you forget yourself. Let her go. But how could you treat her like that? Why do you always frighten her? And what is all this about the Dark Men? 
Well, the dark men... Oh, please, Mr. Roscoe, not now. You'll spoil our whole evening. And I do so want Mr. Snell to enjoy my play. Very well. Later, Mr. Snell. But I want to know about the dark men. Later, later. October 21st. At last, I found an opportunity to speak with Ella alone. I hadn't dared to speak with her before. Here, one has a sense of always pale eyes secretly watching. But last night, at the play, I induced a fit of hiccups. As anticipated, I was sternly reprimanded and told to go and secrete myself in the basement, where the night watchman wouldn't hear me. This is exactly what I had planned. I went to the basement. In the darkness, among the garbage cans and the rats, I heard sobbing. Ella? Ella! Oh! Ella, is that you? Yes. Why are you crying? What is it, Ella? They... They wouldn't even let me see the play. Is that all? Oh, Mr. Snell, I'm so unhappy. There, there, you mustn't cry. You're the only one, the only one who's kind. Ella, why are you here? Why do they treat you so differently? Because I'm not like them. I didn't choose to come here. You mean you're held prisoner? Yes. You see, I was only six. I came here on a shopping tour with my mother. I got lost and fell asleep behind a counter. It was dark when I awoke and they found me. Some of them wanted to send for the dark men because they were afraid I would tell on them. But Mrs. Vanderpant said no. I could stay and be her maid. And I've been here ever since. Since you were six? Haven't you ever tried to get away? Oh, no. I don't know anything about out there. I wouldn't know what to do. Besides, I'm afraid. If anyone tries to get out, they send for the dark men. Ella, who are the dark men? Don't you know? Oh, it's horrible. Tell me. You know how people live at all the stores at Gimbel's and Bloomingdale's? Yes, 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 I know. Well, the dark men live at the Undertaker's. Good heavens. And whenever someone dies or breaks the rules, or when a burglar gets in and sees these people and might tell, they send for the dark men. How horrible. They put the body in the butcher shop in the food department, and then the dark men come. I saw them once. It was terrible. What do they do? They go in where the dead person is. They have wax with them and all sorts of things. And when they're gone, there's just a wax model left on the counter. Then our people put a frock on it or a bathing suit and mix it up with the other wax models in the windows. And nobody ever knows. And if you displease these people, the same thing will happen to you. October 30th. I haven't kept up with my journal. Writing has been out of the question. Once more, I'm frozen with terror. But not for myself now. For Ella. They hate her. Anytime they might turn against her and send for the dark men, my mind is filled with her. I dream of her every day. I live to see her at night. We've managed it several times. 
They trust me now and let me roam about without interference. Finally, I met her again tonight. Said it. Ella, I love you. Oh, Charles. I love you, Ella. Let's get married or whatever they do here. Then we can live together in my home, in the carpet department. They wouldn't dare hurt you then. Oh, Charles, I... Don't look so dismayed. If you like, we'll go away from here. Maybe we'll get transferred to, to Bergdorf Goodman's, overlooking Central Park. Don't, Charles, don't. You mustn't. But I love you. Ella, you're not in love with someone else. Yes, Charles, I am. But who? It must be Roscoe. He's the only one young enough. Oh no, Charles, not Roscoe. Especially not him. I do hate them all. They make me shudder. Who is it then? It's him. Who? The Night Watchman. No, impossible. I love him. He smells of the sun. Ella. Oh, it was wonderful the way it happened. Oh, don't tell on me, Charles, or they'll punish me. No, oh, no, no. I was careless, and there he was, coming around the corner in the ladies' lingerie department. I was caught. There were only some wax models in their underthings. There was nothing else to do. I slipped off my dress and stood still. Oh, I see. He stopped and looked at me. And Charles, he spoke to me. He said, say, honey, I wish they made him like you on 8th Avenue. Charles, wasn't that a lovely thing to say? Personally, I should have said Park Avenue. It doesn't matter what street. It was a lovely thing to say. But what can you do about him? Ella, he belongs to another world. Yes, to 8th Avenue. I want to go there. Charles, are you really my friend? Yes, of course I am. Then I'll tell you. I'm going to stand there again in the lingerie department, so he'll see me. And then? Well, perhaps he'll speak to me again. Ella, you're only torturing yourself. No, because this time I shall answer him. He'll take me away. Take you away? Oh, no, Ella, I couldn't bear that. Ella, you don't love him. You only think you do because you'll think he'll take you out of here. But you don't know what, that he will. And I will, Ella. I've made up my mind. No, Charles, I couldn't let you do it. Even if I loved you, you couldn't do it, Charles. Why not? Because you really belong here. You're, you've become one of them now. Ellie, you mustn't say that. It's true, and Charles, I've got to go. There's someone watching us. I feel it. No, wait, Ella. Goodbye, Charles. No, Ella, come back, Ella. Please, old man, you'll arouse the night watchman. Roscoe. Yes. Oh, love can be very upsetting, can't it? You heard. Yes, just the last moment or so. Very touching. And yet, it's understandable. I've been attracted to Ella myself. So she loves another, hmm? Too bad, old boy. Who could it be? Could it be that I'm the cause of your heartbreak? You flatter yourself too much, Roscoe. Well then, hmm. The old judge... Oh, certainly not. No. Oh, not one of the customers. The staff? She loves the night watchman. Can you believe it? She loves the... Oh. 
Roscoe, I shouldn't have said that. It's not true. At least I don't think it's true. You wouldn't. Roscoe, you said you loved her too. You wouldn't do anything. Tell anybody. This is a secret between us, between friends, isn't it? Of course, old man. As secret as the grave. She's young. Perhaps you'll leave and she'll forget of him in time. Who knows? Perhaps she'll learn to love you. Me. Of course, in time. And we'll figure out a way to keep her safe here. Absolutely safe. Now don't you worry about it. It's almost dawn. Time for bed. Good morning, Mr. Snell. Early evening, November 4th. I was a fool. I should have known he couldn't be trusted. He must have gone straight to Mrs. Vanderpant, because this evening the atmosphere changed. People flickered to and fro, smiling nervously, horribly, with a sort of frightened, sadistic glee. An informal dance in the record department has been called off. I can't find Ella. I'm going out to look for her again. Roscoe, what have you done with her? Shh, quiet, old boy, the night watchman. I don't care, what have you done? Whatever I did was for your own good as well as for the good of all of us. Wait a minute. What is that? What are those people carrying? That's Ella. She's tied up. They're carrying Ella! Ella! Charles, help me! Save me, Charles! Charles, stop it! No, let me go! Oh, Charles, stop it. You'll arouse the night watchman. No, they're taking her. They're taking her into the butcher shop! Roscoe! Yes, those are the dark men. Good lord. Midnight. I'm scribbling this last entry hurriedly. They are in there, in the butcher shop, with Ella, the dark men. There's only one thing to do. I'm going to find the night watchman and tell him. He and I will save her, if we can. And if we're overpowered, well, I will leave this pad on the stationary counter. Tomorrow, if I live, I will recover it. If I do not, whoever finds this and reads this, look in the store windows. Look for three new wax dummies. Two men, one rather sensitive looking, and a girl. She has blonde hair and blue eyes, and her nose turns up a little. Look for us, and then find them. Smoke them out. Exterminate, Exterminate them. them. Avenge us. Oh, Sam, isn't it horrible? Wow. Well, we gotta do something. Tell somebody something. Oh, Sam, what do we do? Do? Nothing. Go to bed. But Sam! Whoever wrote this has sure got a weird sense of humor. It's probably some clerk down at Macy's who ought to be fired. But... You mean, you think it's just a story? Uh, are you kidding me? You don't believe this stuff, do you? Well, well, I don't know. I... Oh, forget it, baby. Just snap out of it. I shouldn't leave you alone. You get too many ideas when I go out bowling at night. But, uh, don't you think maybe we ought to just take it back and show somebody? Uh, nuts. It's not worth the bother. They laugh at you, baby. 
They think you were crazy or something. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess I was silly. Forget it. Ah, uh, come on. Let's go to bed, huh? I'm tired. Okay. Okay, Sam. Gee, you know, for a while there, I sure was scared. Oh, I even forgot what I was going to tell you. Sam, I found the cutest dress today. Only $19.95. Yeah, baby? Yeah. It was in the windows at Macy's. It was on a beautiful little wax model with blonde hair, blue eyes, and a turned-up nose. And there were two men standing beside... Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Birkenstage's Radio Theater. Today we have brought you Evening Primrose by John Collier, adapted for radio by John Dunkel, starring Ray Parente as Sam, Christine Dunning as Sadie, Robert Kirshner as Charles, Patrick Keistad as Roscoe, David Legrand as Colonel, Aaron Ingersoll as Mrs. Bilby, Lee Janitis as Mrs. Vanderpant, and Stella Berrettini as Ella. Dean Matson is our recording engineer and sound effects creator. Marianne Coe is our video engineer, and I am Jim Bumgarner, your host. Tune in again to another episode of Birkenstage's Radio Theater soon, and be sure to catch some of our earlier episodes available online. Until next time, remember, don't touch that dial, and if you do, remember to disinfect it first. <laughs>